0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but during the season of Eastertide, um, which we're up to the sixth Sunday of, there's been a bit of a pattern in terms of our readings. They've been prim- the Gospel readings have been primarily from John's Gospel, as well as the stories of the resurrection and Jesus' appearances to the disciples in a variety of ways. We've also revisited some of his words that he spoke to his disciples the night before he died, as according to John. And the other reading pattern that we've had is that we have heard each week from the book of Acts. And that's another Eastertide tradition that we hear always from the book of Acts each Sunday. And it's a way of recognising the presence of the risen Christ in the church, particularly in that early church whose story unfolds in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It's the story of the life of Christ um, after the ascension and when the Spirit has come. And we're about to enter into those celebrations over the next couple of weeks. This Thursday will be Ascension Day, marking 40 days after, the, uh, after Easter Day. And then next Sunday, which is the seventh and last day at Easter Tide, last Sunday at Easter Tide, we will be uh, remembering the Ascension and celebrating that in our Sunday service. And then the following week is this great feast of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. So, in our Easter Tide readings, we are gradually being oriented towards what it is that the resurrection invites us into. Today's Gospel is, as I said, uh, some words that Jesus spoke to his disciples on the night before he died. He's speaking words of reassurance to his disciples and if we think about the beginning of chapter 14 It's those wonderful words that very often get read at funeral services Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house There are many dwelling places. If it were not so what I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to myself so that where I am you may be also And then that verse from today's gospel, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. and Do not let them be afraid. Jesus knows that uh, things are, are really heating up and that in a few short hours there may be something that will take him away from his friends. He knows that death and loss unsettle us as human creatures and so he wants to leave them something as a reassurance but not only as a reassurance also as a challenge and a reminder of what his time with them has been all about. So he says, those who love me will keep my word And my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, pointing us to what's coming, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Now, peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not the peace that the world thinks about. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You have heard me saying I'm going away and then I'm coming to you. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. Death and loss unsettles us too. Those kinds of things leave us wanting to grasp onto certainties and reassurances. And I think because this is part of our human nature, it's very hard to sit with uncertainty. We want black and white uh, instructions And so these words that Jesus speaks to his disciples the night before he dies are so often interpreted in black and white ways. That bit that follows on when when his disciples say, we don't know where you're going. Tell us, and he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. That wonderful phrase has been taken somehow to mean that only certain people know the way, the truth, and the life. You have to somehow pass a test of goodness, of allegiance, in order to be allowed to follow that way. And yet, as I think I spoke about a few weeks ago, it's really the other way around. Jesus is saying, where you are, I am, where I am, you are. I am the way, I am alongside you in the journey. And you, my friends, have chosen to be alongside me in my journey. In the same way, sometimes this, is, this reading is read as a way of saying, if you those who love me will keep my word, and if you do what I tell you, then I will come and live with you. But again, I don't think that's what Jesus says. I think he's saying. When you do the things that I've taught you to do, I'm already there. You don't have to earn my presence. Because I am present, you therefore live in this way with me. And John is full of this kind of circular thing of, you are in me and I am in you and I am in the Father and the Father is in me and and in you. And this kind of idea of indwelling. Bill Loder writes, John pictures those who keep Jesus' word as dwelling places of God and Jesus in the world. Not if you do these things I will come and dwell with you, but when you do these things it shows people that I am dwelling in you. Loving Jesus and keeping his word may be variously defined, but at a fundamental level, It has to mean being a lived-out word of God's offer of love, just as Jesus was. Let's read that again. Loving Jesus and keeping his word must mean being a lived-out word of God's offer of love, just as Jesus was. So we are the dwelling place. And that means a certain degree of uncertainty because Jesus isn't the blueprint. He is alongside us on that journey and we don't know what's around the corner, but we do know that he is there with us. In the uncertainty of our lives and in the face of the chaos That is in our world because of the rejection of the way of God, the rejection of the presence of God. We are called to be people who serve as dwelling places of God. The image that John offers us in this chapter 14 is not of dwelling places huddled away in seclusion, away from the danger and disruptions and sufferings of the world. It's not about being a holy huddle, but about being dwellings that are out in the midst of life. Jesus invited his disciples to be those kinds of dwellings. Those kinds of dwellings which we heard about in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, when the Apostles responded to where God was sending them, and went and met God there in those women gathered by the river. And Lydia recognized the presence of God and Paul and his friends. And then she offered her house to be a place of hospitality for the presence of God. In uh, the next chapter of John's Gospel, chapter fifteen, Jesus says to his disciples, You are my friends. If you do what I command you. Again sometimes this passage, this phrase is taken as a conditional thing. You can only be my friend if you do what I tell you. But I think it's the other way around again. Jesus says, I see that you are dwelling places of God and that shows that you are my friend. And that I am your friend. Think about those friends that you have who you can be totally yourself with, who you can be yourself with all your failings and frailties, who doesn't matter when you make mistakes, who you don't feel afraid of saying, I'm sorry to, and who enable you to live into the fullness of who you are, challenging you calling you to your best self, encouraging you and giving you space to grow. That's the friendship that Jesus offers us and it's the friendship he calls forth from us that we too enable him to be present in the world in his most loving and compassionate and present self. the God who takes up board and lodging within our lives, if we're willing, neither wants all our attention to be on God as a kind of selfish guest who says, it's all about me. Nor does this Holy One come and retreat as if to a, sit in lunch armchair and leave us to do all the work. Our God is the guest who comes, refreshes us, encourages us to come out of ourselves and join in the adventure of creation, who also challenges us to be part of the task of bringing healing and liberation in the world, and who also brings us to places of rest. When Jesus talks about there being many dwelling places in God's house, he invites us to look less all around the place for where God might be dwelling. And more, he invites us to look for ways to be the dwelling place of God. And when we keep ourselves open to that kind of hospitality to the Holy One, with all the challenges and the blessings that it brings, we find our peace. Not the kind of peace that the world gives, but a peace beyond understanding. We find our groove we discover our way of being which will enable us to be our best selves supported by our friend the christ supported by the way of life that is symbolized in the christ supported by the others who choose this way of life too jesus says you are my friends if you do this you're showing people who I am. You are showing people what I am about. You are showing people whose you are, as well as who you are. So in today's gospel, Jesus says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. We don't need to be afraid. We might not know everything. We might never know everything. But the Spirit is with us, teaching us as we go, as we fall down and get up again, fall down and get up again. We can either accuse ourselves of failure, or we can see those moments as opportunities to learn. And we encourage one another in that as well. So that even in the darkest times, There is that glimmer of peace, of being present to what matters. At the end of many of our comics, Sunday by Sunday, we have a kind of ending that invokes God, the Holy Trinity. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Liberator, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, today. I was taught when I was little that you have to pray all your prayers through Jesus Christ because he's the one closest to God and if you don't pray through him, your prayers don't get there. I'm not quite sure that's true. I think that phrase means, a, that's like a reminder at the end of the prayer that all that we do is about being the presence of Christ in the world. It's about being people who live in the way that we are being taught by the Holy One, day by day. Choosing every day, each moment, as individuals and as communities, to be dwelling places of the divine compassion and living out what that means in our world. So when we pray, Through Jesus Christ, our liberator, we are praying ourselves into that flow of energy that chooses good, that chooses grace, that chooses forgiveness and reconciliation, justice and love. And then this Jesus Christ, through whom we pray, is alive in our world, reigns in our world and in our hearts. Unified with that spirit of God which is given to us to teach us and breathe in us and through us day by day From our Creator God Whose we are now and forever So I'm going to invite you to pray our Collect begin with me And as you pray it know the peace of being where God calls us to be, of being God's own, of being God's home. Alleluia. Alleluia. God eternally, grace and wholeness show you glory. Deliver us from sin's oppression, free us from despair, and have us stand to reflect the glory of Christ. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.